morning. So we are now uh, into the second week of this series on what disciples do. And, and last week, I shared that we, we need to be known for what we do more than what we believe, because our action should resemble our belief. That's what this whole series is really going to be about. That's what we're looking into as we look at the words of Jesus and what he instructs his followers to get on with. And today we're looking specifically at the fact that disciples are called to share the gospel. And one word that's often used to describe the sharing of the gospel is, is the act of evangelism. And we picked up last week that words carry meaning. And so I don't know what you think about when you hear the word evangelism. Um, sometimes it has a bit of a negative connotation with it. Um, in recent history, we've seen people and practices um, which create suspicion when you hear the word evangelism. But we've got to move past that. And we've got to look at what the word actually means and re, uh, re, recreate what the world hears when it hears the word evangelism. Because I, I'm the first to put my hand up and say, I can be really turned off by TV evangelists. Uh, pushing for donations as they say, call in and I'll pray for you. Or um, I'm not a big fan of the guy who brings a box, puts it on the street corner and stands up and starts shouting at people walking past, uh, telling them what they're doing wrong, preaching fire and brimstone. Um, but there are people who are doing it in the right way. And they're the people who we need to look to. There are people who are looking at sharing the gospel in a truly biblical way, following the words and teaching of Jesus as he instructs them to do it. And we've got many examples of him doing that in scripture that we need to look to and follow. And the gospel reading today really, really drills home the disciples are called to share the good news. The good news of the gospel. See, if we miss why Jesus is telling these parables, we don't actually get what the parables really mean. Why is it Jesus shares these three parables of the lost in Luke, the two of which we heard today, the sheep and the coin? We see the whole thing is set up by the Pharisees really grumbling at Jesus, picking at the way in which he is living his life. And they come and they're saying, oh, this guy welcomes and eats with sinners. See, Jesus was all about searching for the lost. His mission was and remains to be reconciling the world to himself. 
The Pharisees and the scribes, they're unhappy. They're unhappy that Jesus is continuously having this, this party atmosphere. How he's welcoming people in who they, they see as being unworthy. They're, they're, they're not worthy to sit with Jesus. And Jesus, well, he has this habit of searching for the lost things. And the way that he does this is, is through the way that he, he then shows and instructs his disciples to do it. And elsewhere, we've got him telling his disciples in Scripture to go, to take nothing with them, to, to give their peace. And if their peace is received and returned, to stay and concentrate on that area. And if there isn't any peace there, he tells them to leave. Yeah, he says to shake the dust from your feet as you go. So you take nothing of that, that hostility with you. So the opposite of peace is hostility. So when we start to think about sharing the gospel, we have to share the gospel where there is peace. So if you've got this friend that you really want to know Jesus and you want to share all the good news with them, and the minute you mention the name of Jesus, walls go up, fangs come out, or whatever it is, don't talk about Jesus to them. It's not what you're called to do. You're called to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, with those who want to hear it and not to be standing on the street corner um, or, or, or in the office house or at home and shouting fire and brimstone and trying to get people to, 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 to just say yes to Jesus when they're not ready to. We're not called to be bashing people over the head with the Bible. We're not called to pick out the sins of others and highlight them to the world in a way to try and convince them to see the light. We're not. We're called to be seekers. We're called to search for and to find the lost things. And we need to be looking for the people that have been prepared in advance for us to go and find. You know, um, I think now of, of treasure hunting, spending time in prayer and having, having the, the Spirit highlight to you what it is you're going to go and look for. And then when you go out for your day, those things you will see and you will know that is where you can go and put energy in and share the gospel. Got a great story. A friend of mine who did this, they just spent time in prayer, and the only thing they saw was red shoes. Red shoes. And they went out to a walk down a high street, and there were a lot of red shoes that they saw. And every single one of the person who wearing those red shoes was ready to listen to what they had to say. We're called to share 
the good news in the way that Jesus has prepared us to share it, in the way that he has instructed us through his word and the way in which he has shown us through his life. But sadly, many churches throughout the world, they don't do it. Or they try to do it in a way that they're not called to do it. Or they, or they have this aversion to it because of the things we've already mentioned about evangelism. It's like, I'm just going to stay away from that. They turn inward. And if we use the, 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 the pictures from the, the scriptures today, they turn inward and they concentrate on the 99 sheep who are there rather than trying to find the one that's lost. Or those nine coins, rather than in searching for that one precious coin that has been misplaced. There's that unwillingness to go out. But let's be clear on this. The disciples of Jesus, they share the gospel. They don't look inward. They look outward. The message of the good news that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came and he died for you, for me, for everyone who wishes to accept him and move forward to everlasting life and relationship with him. He, he went, Jesus went about doing things that God the Father instructed him to do. You know, he says himself, I only do the things that I see the Father doing. Yeah, we need to be in that tune, following his example as we share that which we've been given. And when we look at Jesus, what's the first thing that you think of? Well, the first thing that we think of should be that he is God. That he has that, that relationship with the Father, that they are both God, and therefore what he sees the Father doing, he does. And we too need to then come into that and, 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 and join that relationship learn from that relationship all that we have seen or we are told of Jesus as he walked this earth is true of God also as the Father and as the Holy Spirit and the reading from Luke that we had Jesus is concentrating on really getting across the message that the way he is doing things is the way that things are done in heaven. That's the way things are done in heaven. And so if we break that down a little bit, we look at then, what's the reason Jesus is telling these parables? It's because of the grumbling of the Pharisees and the scribes about the people who he is keeping company with. Now I wonder, have any of you ever been complained at or grumbled to because of company you keep? Yeah? Because of the people you choose to hang around with. I've had times in my life, of course, I have where people have grumbled and, and moaned about some of the people I, I've, I've chosen to hang around with. I wish I could say that every single one of those times is because God was putting me in that place and I was choosing to follow him as I hang around with those people. Um, but I can't. But many times it was because of that. 
many times. People I've, people I've met, acquaintances, colleagues, even people who have become friends. And other people are like, why are you hanging around with those for? And I've been to churches where it's been, you should only hang around with the people from the church. Everyone else, they're a bad influence on you. And then I've got friends of mine who came to, uh, to Jody and, and Jody and my wedding who don't particularly have a relationship with Jesus, but they met lots of Christians. <laughs> and they were like, Christians aren't like weird. I thought they were weird, but they're not. I thought they were weird, strange people, but you guys are all right. And they were like, but you know Dan? And they're like, yeah, but he's Dan. We don't look at him as a Christian. We look at him as Dan because we knew him before we knew that he was a Christian and we got on with him and it was all okay. See, we share Jesus through who we are. Yeah, we get to use our words, but we've got to do what he calls us to, to share him. So people see the light through the way in which we live our lives. And as I, as I say that, kind of 1 Corinthians 9 comes out, where Paul talks about being all things to all people. Not, not to put himself on a level with them in terms of doing what they do, but in terms of putting himself alongside them so that Jesus can be present in what they do. And that they can see and taste and feel what it is to actually maybe do things a slightly different way. Because if we are disciples of Jesus, we need to be willing to get ourselves dirty. We need to be willing to go and hang out with the undesirable. We need to be putting ourselves in places where undesirable people hang out. See, the Pharisees, they were all about this, this uh, righteous life. Living under the law, attending temple worship, and looking down on everyone else who didn't do those things. That, that is the sinner that they're speaking of that Jesus is sitting down with. These self-appointed uh, religious experts, they've got their, their judgment specs on. They're, they're, they're looking at these people, these sinners, and they're saying, you're coming, you want to hang out with Jesus, he's this teacher of the law, we've heard him, he speaks truth, we know it, and yet he's still welcoming you. He's still letting you come and eat at his table. I mean, at best, they're unaware. And at worst, they're indignant of the law. These sinners that sit with Jesus, at best, they're unaware. And at worst, they're indignant of the law. And that's what the Pharisees see as they see people of Israel who are not doing what they think needs to be done to have relationship with God. 
And what does Jesus do? He says, no, you're welcome. But at no point, at no point in Jesus' life when he welcomed them, did he accept them as they were. Jesus never accepted people as they were. He instead welcomed them and called them to repentance. Every time. He loved them. He showed them love, but he challenged them to change their ways. And that is what we need to do as we share the gospel, as we share the good news of Jesus. We need to say, yes, God loves you. He loves you in spite of who you are. That, that he wants to have relationship with, with you regardless of what it is that you have done. And he welcomes you to his table. He says the words, come and sit with me and sin no more. So let's look at this, these, these words that Jesus speaks, these parables, come out of different standpoints slightly. See, repentance, as Jesus speaks of, is the key to remaining at the table. But in the eyes of the Pharisees, repentance meant adopting the law, adopting their standard of purity, And being pious. But for Jesus, repentance doesn't look like that. Today, repentance still doesn't look like that to Jesus. Repentance is simply turning away from the way that you would want to do things and instead doing them the way that he would do them. In its simplest form, repentance is, like we said last week, putting Jesus first. And doing it his way. As we choose to follow him. Because that's what a disciple is, right? A disciple is a learner. And who are we learning from? We're learning from Jesus. So we need to be trying to reflect that in our life. We need to be emulating him in our decisions and in our actions. So these parables, these parables that Jesus tells, actually, actually are coming back at those who are grumbling. He's saying to them, you too need to repent. And you need to see how it is that things happen in heaven. And if we take a look at ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves, both individually and and collectively, we need to repent. We need to repent. We need to repent as a congregation. We need to repent as as part of the wider church, as the body of Christ. Because we, we have imposed on others at times a set of moral values, a way of doing things, a way that we that they, they have to come and worship, a way that they um, maybe at some places, a way you have to dress depending on what it is that you're going to do. Um, all of that is seen as a marker of repentance. But what's important 
for us to really get here in what Jesus is showing us is that's not how it works in the kingdom. See, for the Jews, there's this massive belief that as God created heaven and earth, these are two entities which are, in effect, um, halves that need to come together entirely fitting perfectly to create the whole. They, they work in unison. And so what Jesus is literally showing them as they sit and see him eating with sinners is, I'm explaining to you, as you see me, as I share these stories of the way that things happen in the kingdom of heaven. And that's what the scribes and the Pharisees really didn't like as they responded to it. See, that is for us how we need to be. We need to be prepared to get messy, to not be um, so rigid, so perfect in our, in our ways of doing things, but just to let go. But we need to let go as we follow, not to let go of following. We need to get used to having undesirable people in our midst. And just as the church can and does lose its way, Israel had lost its way. See, the people of Israel, they were supposed to share God with the world. They were supposed to be a blessing to all nations. As the church is supposed to be a blessing to all people. And so today, the body of Christ, the new covenant people of God, how are we blessing the world? How are we blessing the community that is around about us? Because we're called to share God with the world. We're called to be an instrument of his reconciling work. Yeah, we're his instruments. You could say we're his outstretched arm. Yeah, together as the church, we're heaven's agents. We're ambassadors for the kingdom. You're, you're, you don't have to be an evangelist like you see on TV. You don't have to be an evangelist that stands on the street corner and hits people with the Bible to try and get them to realize what they're doing wrong. You don't need to be you don't need to be perfect. You know, quick, quick vote. Put your hand up if you're perfect. Yeah? We're not perfect. But how many people won't come through those doors because they think we are? Or they think that we think that we are. And they're not ready to cross that border because they don't think they're perfect enough. (laughs) 
And I think about the woman at the well whose life was changed having met Jesus. And she went and she told everyone about Jesus and this man who knew her better than anyone else ever had. Did she become perfect straight away in that instant? No, she was still living with a man who wasn't her husband, having had five husbands before. But she became an evangelist and she shared the good news of the gospel with that whole town. So if you've let Jesus into your life, if you count him as your Lord and your Savior, then you should know, you should know that he isn't yours to keep. You should know that he's yours to share. You know, the nation of Israel had lost sight of that. They're guilty of, of holding on to God for themselves. And I've said before, and I'll say many times again probably, that faith is not personal. It is for sharing. It isn't personal. You can take it a step further, something I read in the last few weeks. Um, a guy was asked, do you, do, you, do you believe that Jesus is your personal savior? And he said, no, he's everyone's savior. He's not my personal savior. I want to share him. Yes, we have to treat him as Lord. And that is the, the kind of last week's following him, putting him first above all else. Yes, he is our savior. But the minute we start to package that for just ourselves, we lose sight of the need to share, of the mission that he is calling us to, to be part of his mission of reconciling all to himself. Yeah, disciples share Jesus with the people that they meet. And if the peace is there, they keep on sharing. And if it isn't, they take a pause and they move on. can do it with words we can do it with actions but we've got to do it we can do it relationally we can do it invitationally something as simple as why don't you just join us for prayer why don't you come and join us for a a, a fun time that we're going to have together with a group of people and you know you might meet a few christians and you might realize that, hey, Christians aren't jerks, <laughs> which you were thinking beforehand. Yeah. But we've got to share Jesus. Why? Because that's what he tells us to do. That's what he shows us how to do. We share Jesus. We share the good news. We share the gospel. But I want to ask, I want to ask you to all reflect and, and, and just think for a bit. What should we, what should we be doing as a church? What should we be doing as an extension of God's kingdom here in Columbia, Howard County, Maryland? 
What should we be doing visibly for the community to see? What's going to generate questions which will enable us to give an answer in a way that Jesus gave his answer and tell stories about lost things being found? In all seriousness, we want people to ask, why are you doing this? Why? So we can share from those whys true celebration as lost is found. So as, um, as the band come up to to help lead us in response, to help prepare our, our, our minds and our bodies to come and receive from him in the sacrament today. Be thinking about those questions. Be thinking about how are you going to answer that question of why did you do that? Whether that's why, why did you go to church? Or why, why, why did you just buy that guy's lunch? Or why you sat with that guy? You know who she is, right? All of these things. So you can tell a story and you can point to Jesus as the reason why. Because as his disciple, you share him. He's not for your, for you to keep. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we come. We ask for you to reveal to us individually and corporately the things that you would have us do as we join in your mission. Let us see what you're up to so that we can be part of that. Help us be instigators in mission. Help us to be invitational to your whole body to join with us as we go and we share you with this world to help you and they be reconciled. That is our mission and we accept it, Lord. And we hold not on to it for ourselves, but to give you away to the world as you call us to. Amen.